Welcome back. This week we're continuing the Breaking into the Tech Industry series with an episode on job search strategies. So we're going to be talking about uh, networking and applying and getting your resume right and all that good stuff. Um, but specifically about uh, kind of the two methods that people tend to fall into whenever they're applying for jobs. So uh, if you like the show, please support us through uh, Twitter, follow us, give us a review on iTunes, uh, we've got a Patreon page, all that fun stuff, or, or just tell somebody that you like the show. That always uh, is a, a great way to, to give back. But anyway, we hope you enjoy this one. I'm going to get out of the way now and let you listen to it. So enjoy. Welcome to Tech Junior. My name is Lee Work Junior. I'm a JavaScript developer that does stuff, front end, back end, whatever. Have with me as always, Eddie. I'm Eddie. I do the similar things. <laughs> All the things JavaScript <laughs> involved. Yeah. Uh, and we are Tech Junior. Let's rock. Uh, no, today we're going to talk about uh, job search strategies. So, mm -hmm. as I see it, there's really two strategies like the more traditional probably in your face what you would imagine it's like just applying to everything right and then like the other strategy the kind of who you know it's not what you know who you know kind of thing so uh i figured we'd talk about both pros and cons of each and okay. our thoughts on which one's better or what we prefer or what's worked for us so um i don't know which one have you done for your jobs eddie a little of both, but the ones that, the one that tends to work is knowing someone. <laughs> yeah, I'll say that uh, applying cold to stuff has not ever worked for me for anything. Yeah, it's a lot harder. Uh, so yeah, the the first one, applying cold, right? So uh, you, you go to a boot camp or you do some free code camp or whatever. You're a CS graduate and you get out into the you know, into the world and you start applying. Uh, I think what everybody tends to do is they just look at indeed or they look at monster or some job board and anything that's like remotely related to their skill set, they fire off an application, right? Yeah. And they've got, uh, that's what I did. Hopefully the resume is all right, but, um, you know, you, you probably got, or at least hopefully you have a resume that's got, uh, some formatting that will work with an ATS system because a lot of those roles or, or a lot of those uh, applications are going to parse your resume and put you into some kind of system to, you know, grade what you have on there. So it looks for keywords. It looks for uh, just some basic More information to kind of filter people out. Yeah. So you've, oh, okay. I've heard of people, and I don't know if this is true, but I've heard of people putting like 11 point font at the bottom of their resume in white that is just a bunch of technologies like over and over again. So it, it uh, ranks higher in the that's system. Interesting. I don't know if that that's, works. <laughs> that's like that, uh, like, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, like SEO hacks or something like that. that you yeah. Would do yeah. Just don't for do the that. bot reader or <laughs> that no one else is going to see, but that's, yeah, you're <laughs> right. It's basically for the bot, you know, to yeah. read and to parse and, and try to score you higher or something. Yeah. But, um, so this, this process, right? It's nothing wrong with it. 
at least in my opinion, outside of it's very ineffective. It's kind of like, um, to be crass, you ever hear the story of, or the joke about the guy that is trying to get a girlfriend and he goes, you know, up to a bunch of women. He goes, will you sleep with me? And he gets slapped. He goes to the next one. Will you sleep with me? And he gets slapped. And he goes through like a hundred of them. And, uh, so the the punchline is like, somebody's watching him do this. They're like, what is this guy doing? And then they go tap him on the shoulder and he's like, well, the reason I do it is because I get slapped a hundred times, but one out of those goes home with me at the end of the night. So that's kind of the, the flow for, (laughs) uh, the traditional, I guess, uh, way of, of applying. You have to apply a whole lot. Uh, and this is, I think pretty well known at this point, there's a very low rate of return on your applications. So for every, just to pull some numbers out, let's say for every 20 applications, you may get, you may hear back from two, and then one of those may invite you for a phone interview, right? So you've, you've got to be applying in the scale of like hundreds of applications in order to get anywhere, especially as somebody with little to no experience. So yeah, that makes it a lot harder to get through. Yeah. If you're a, a junior developer, right? Especially now in the time of COVID or, uh, in the time of Corona, um, it's very difficult to stand out. So, uh, this is why we had an episode on your resume and your portfolio and all this stuff. If that stuff is not on point, you're going to apply somewhere and you can probably verify this Eddie. You ever see a resume and you're just like, meh. And then it goes into the discard pile or it's got something funky on there. And you're like, nah, I don't want to talk to this person. Um, I don't know if I'd do it immediately like that, but, um, I looked at a couple, if you have to like parse things down to a couple, then yeah, maybe you have to like set some aside based on some of that, uh, criteria I, I don't know i mean i try to read as much of it as i can but a lot of times it's kind of filtered through someone else before it gets to me right because i have to make the call anyway and interview someone um i usually don't make the decision to who who gets the call and 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 doesn't right so that's that's a great point um by the time your resume gets to us as developers uh it's already been parsed or filtered yeah. through a bunch of different outlets so it goes through an ATS system. It goes through a actual human recruiter. They look at it. Maybe they even call you up and talk to you first before you get to us. So by the time that we see your resume, like we've, you've already been vetted a couple of times or a couple of different ways, but, uh, all the more reason for that stuff to be good, right? Because if it's bad, you're probably going to get filtered out before you get to somebody like us who is more sympathetic. Um, yeah. somebody that goes through a lot of resumes is not going to have the patience to go through yours unless it's a position where they're not getting applicants. And nowadays that just doesn't happen. So yeah, yeah. I talked with our, our recruiter at our company this morning and, uh, was referring someone and she was telling me about some roles that we had. She's like, yeah, the applicant pool is not really great right now. And I said, Oh, uh, you don't have people applying. And she said, no, we have lots of people applying, but the applicant pool isn't very great. So if you can kind of put two and two together, uh, yeah. you can imagine, you know, it's either a lot of low quality applications or people that just don't fit the role or maybe a little of column A and a little of column B. So yeah, yeah it, it is again, super important to have that stuff be tight and in order. Um, and listen to the previous episode because we go over a lot of 
big no-nos for that kind of thing and, and some good mm-hmm. tips and tricks for that. But as far as the strategy itself, um, there's actually a syntax episode I heard uh, maybe a couple months ago. Oh, um, really? Yeah, where uh, Wes and Scott talked to a, I don't know if she was a CEO or a manager of a boot camp up in Canada. I think that Wes, <clears throat> Wes actually taught for her. But she okay. was in charge of, for a while, uh, the post-grad like, career services kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And so she would coach them on strategies for how to apply. And basically the strategy was they followed this traditional approach, which you know, kind of anybody can do. But basically it's get a spreadsheet and tell yourself you're going to apply to two jobs a day. And if you do two do- two jobs a day or two applications a day, put them in the spreadsheet so you don't like forget or apply to the same place twice. Uh, you'll end up with, you know, maybe thirty a month, or no, maybe like fifty, sixty a month. Okay. And out of those fifty or sixty, you'll get a handful of companies that call you, and invite you for an interview. You know, and then out of those interviews, you may move to the second stage. You know, even less than that. So. Um, the reason behind it is one, it takes a lot of, just like the story about the guy at the bar, it takes a lot of applications to actually get somewhere. But also because of that, you, you tend to lose momentum. So if you, if you apply to 10 places in a week or, you know, every, uh, every week you do a couple of applications and like six months goes by your impression at that point, like your perspective is nobody's hiring. You know, I'm, I'm not cut out for it. Oh, the boot camp didn't teach me enough, whatever. And you get very discouraged because you're dealing with a lot of rejection. So this, this other method, you know, cranking up the amount of applications, you're still dealing with a lot of rejection, but you get some kind of positive feedback as well. And that kind of keeps you going a little bit. So you're saying to like purposely limit yourself to like two to three a day. I'm not saying to purposely limit yourself. I'm, I'm saying that you have to do it consistently and and keep doing it and you know you could sit down and do like scour the internet and just spend eight hours doing applications Mm -hmm. but you know on average if you're doing like two a day uh however you want to work that out you know maybe on sunday you do 10 or 20 or something that's fine too but the point being to get the applications in and get a, a big volume of them in and increase your chances you know, it's like playing the lottery and buying a whole bunch of tickets, you know, yeah. <laughs> uh, you're spending the time, but you know, you're going to get a, you know, that marginal rate of return back. So obviously I'm not a huge fan of this method. I think it's because of the rejection, it's very discouraging. So I've seen yeah. a lot of students go through this and they don't come out the other side very positive. Um, you have any friends that have, have gone through that kind of thing? I mean, I did it. Um, okay so i did it at first and i got a couple of interviews here and there didn't go very far and eventually through someone i knew got that the last job i had um and then in the middle when working the last job and before working with with oddball um i was also doing that here and there and i got a much better return on it because I had some experience. So most, I would say, I don't know if I had to put a number on it, like 80% of the time I would get a call back and you know, that's, you got a, uh, 
experience, a good resume, and you pick the places you apply for um, that have that are looking for the particular thing you do or want to do, and there's a better chance of getting a callback. Right. Yeah. Anything that you can do to set yourself apart. So, mm-hmm. you know, you and I, we've got a lot of extracurricular stuff that we do. So There's we do the that podcast, as well. We do the yeah. meetup, you know, we're on LinkedIn and Twitter and stuff, sharing things all the time. So we're kind of higher visibility. Um, whereas if you have none of that, you know, you're really fighting the odds. So, you know, even I remember when you were going through your job search just a couple of months ago, uh, even when you did have a high rate of return on applications, you were still pretty discouraged by doing an interview and then not going to the next stage. Yeah. And that, and that was only a handful of companies, if I remember. Mm-hmm. So imagine yeah, that sucks. applying to a bunch of places and getting nothing. You know, you apply to 20 yeah. places and none call you back. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's, it's it can be difficult. I, I would assume even more so now. Yeah, and it is worse because companies are, you know, they don't want to take risk right now because of the market, and juniors are always seen as like a risk, you know, oh, what if this person doesn't work out? What if I train them up and they leave? On and on. Yeah. But uh, the other kind of unseen side of that is that a lot of places, um, either A, they don't keep their postings up to date, so they may post a job that they've already filled. That's another uh, thing. (laughs) And so you apply and they just don't respond. Their recruiter's doing whatever. Um or they just internally are in shambles <laughs> and you, you get a bunch of applicants and you talk to somebody and it gets lost in the shuffle. Uh, that's happened to me before. Um, mm-hmm. I actually had a, a company. It was the only company in the city of a rural area where I live uh, that, that had tech jobs. And I applied, talked to the recruiter and then never heard from them again. And I was like, what, wow. what happened? And then later on I ended up having a, a personal connection to, to the company and that person dropped my resume on the CTO's desk. And then I found out, Oh, we fired that recruiter. She was goofing off or whatever. Didn't, wasn't very good at her job. So that's what happened. So that's, <laughs> um, that sucks. There's, there's all kinds of stuff. Uh, you know, we, the place we worked at, uh, years ago, the recruiters were in a different city. They were like halfway across the country. Yeah. And like they were in three months ago. Time zones. Yeah. Yeah, people would apply and then not hear from them for months. So, you know, there's all kinds of stuff that's going on behind the scenes. You know, to you, you're like, oh, man, I'm terrible. I suck. But the reality is it's not necessarily that. It's more than likely just they've already filled it. They don't know what they're doing. They're goofing off. They're unprofessional, whatever. Um, Or people with more experience have applied and they decided to talk to them instead of you. Yeah. So it's not a reflection of you as a person you can't like take it personally and internalize it because that's mm-hmm. kind of a road to nowhere yep so the other side of the coin is <laughs> networking so uh yeah. how, how did that go for you for the uh previous job search because you i think you had a lot of connections that you're talking to people right for uh when for uh your second uh time around the job search carousel oh yeah yeah so networking was uh most of the jobs i applied to oh not most well half of them anyway were from referrals and things like that um yeah so 
networking through like our meetup. This is like some of it happened before COVID. Uh, and Slack and, you know, Twitter, all that stuff is really helpful as far as uh, reaching out, um, having someone that knows that there's a position available and then referring you and then it's an easier way in. And, um, yeah, stuff like that. So I'll, I'll say that, um, every once in a while I'll get somebody that hit me on Slack or, you know, LinkedIn or whatever, send me an email. Hey Lee, are you, are you looking for work? And, uh, it's not, you know, it's other developers, it's recruiters, it's whatever. Um, and I don't have a ton of experience, but, uh, all of the, you know, community stuff that you and I do, I think puts our names at the top of the list. We're like very visible. Um, so that is something I've seen other people monopolize on. Uh, certainly it's, it's helped in our job search. Um, I don't think we'd be where we are at now if we hadn't done all that junk. Yeah. Uh, I'm not telling the advice here is not go start a podcast or a meetup or whatever. <laughs> no more competition. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you, if you're into that, I mean, go for it. Let, yeah, let me know. Yeah. Uh, but no, the, the, the takeaway there is you can't just, there, there's not two modes to this. There's not, okay, I'm going to sit down and apply to jobs and then I'm going to look at my other screen and I'm going to do tutorials. Okay. There's, there's a lot of other activities that you kind of have to, to work on. So that kind of third nebulous area is networking and people think of this as like, like speed dating, but <laughs> without like the sexual tension to it, just, I could, I could see some of that. Like, Oh, I have to, I have to go out to like some place and wear like a collar and then talk to people and pretend to be interesting. And, and yeah. by the way, I'm looking for work and then like shake hands, get to the next person. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't, it's not like that. <laughs> so that's, that's how I pictured it in my mind. But in real life, uh, especially in the tech industry, it can take a lot of different forms. So you already mentioned a couple Slack, uh, LinkedIn, yeah. uh, meetups are, are good. The podcast, obviously, yeah. uh, you don't have to run these events like we did, but you can participate them in them for sure. So be mm-hmm. interviewed on a podcast or <clears throat> go speak at a meetup or attend a conference, speak at a conference, all that stuff. Um, I'm sure hey, you can tell us, is, is that stuff scary to you still, or do you, do you still have some, I mean, it's still scary. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it does suck because this, uh, whole pandemic thing ruined, uh, my first conference talk. So, <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, meetups are really good. Like a lot of the meetups I go to locally or went to, um, would start or end with like companies announcing what positions they have available which is always a really good way to talk to the person that's looking for their for to, to fill those positions and um you know just uh network there and then apply directly like have your resume with you when we can go outside again and um hand it out and stuff like that yeah definitely um not only are you going to meet other developers that work for companies like in our case, you know, we would go give uh, or, or have a meetup at PowerDMS or uh, Site Plan, uh, yeah. all these places downtown that were hiring, right? So they would, mm-hmm. you know, there usually there was a person from the company there uh, to let us into the building and whatnot. And that person, more often than not, was on a dev team somewhere. And that, you know, we would talk to them. They would get up in front of everybody. Hey, we're hiring. Come talk to me. 
so that's a really great way to, you know, you can't do it now because of COVID, but yeah, uh, when this thing, you know, I saw, <laughs> saw on a bar the other day, a sign that said, uh, when, when COVID is over is starting to sound like when I win the lottery. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I hope, I hope it's not like that. I hope there is an end in sight, but, um, going out physically to a meetup is, is a great way to do things, but there's yeah. also, again, Slack, uh, there's online mm-hmm. stuff. So jump on Twitter, make a Twitter account, start following developers. They post a lot of tips. They post a lot of other stuff, but, uh, you, you probably will learn something I have from checking out stuff on Twitter. Yeah. Um, I have too. Also, you know, we've got a great community Slack channel here in Orlando, Orlando devs. Uh, so they got a website and all the stuff you can jump on there and get into the Slack. Um, if you're in the area, please do that. Um, but there's probably, well, I would bet that if you're near some major metropolitan area, there is some kind of developer community. Uh, there's a, there's a lot of people working from home now. So there's probably a lot of things going on. Uh, when we talked to Javier, there was a Techeria, so they've got a Slack channel you can jump on. Yeah. Uh, the boot camp that we went to has an alumni channel. That's people from all over the country. Yeah. Uh, be active in those chat channels. You know, if you have nothing else to do, if you're just applying to, to jobs or whatever, jump in the Slack at the same time. See if anybody's asking questions, maybe post some of your own. Uh, mm-hmm. But, you know, you can do some networking that way. That's how I got my first job. You know, I jumped on the Orlando Dev Slack and our former boss posted a position and I started talking to him that way. Um, and he had seen me post stuff before then. So it's, you know, you wouldn't think it, it sounds kind of silly, but that is a viable option, especially nowadays when you can't physically go out somewhere. So, yeah. And posting stuff, um, when you can is a good idea. You never know who's looking at it just cause you don't get a like or whatever, or, uh, some kind of mention or, or whatever. It doesn't mean, uh, that no one is looking at it. Right. Like uh, when we talked to Jason Langsdorf, um, I don't know if he said it or he stole it from somebody else, but uh, the whole concept of work in public. So while you're doing the tutorials, this is kind of that third area between applying and learning, uh, share it. So if you build something or you're (laughs) even if you uh, if you just learn something from a tutorial and you're like, oh, that was really neat. Let me show that off. You know, take a GIF of it, um, take a screenshot, whatever write that up in a LinkedIn post or on Twitter or something, throw it in your community Slack channel. Hey guys, today I learned this and share it with somebody. And, um, eventually people are going to, you know, if it's something really basic, you may not get a whole lot of fanfare, but if you help somebody and you post something that they're like, Oh man, that really helped me out. That was a good trick. You know, that's, Mm -hmm. that's a rapport that you're building with the community and they're going to take notice of that. And then, the, the networking is happening even though it's kind of asynchronous, right? Yeah. <laughs> so again, it also raises visibility. So if people start liking it and they share it or whatever, um, recruiters will see that, especially on LinkedIn. It's just full of recruiters, right? Yeah. So I've seen, um, a couple of different people on LinkedIn and, and Twitter and stuff do this. Uh, one girl, she did, a she did like a video every day and she oh, had yeah. like thousands of followers. Um, and she got hired, you know, so I'm, again, I'm not saying that you have to do that. You don't have to post like literally a selfie video, TikTok kind of thing every day, but you know, doing some of that, or at least being consistent with that on a lower mm-hmm. level can be a big help. Um, 
Yeah, just to, you to get, get your two name things out, out of it. You learn something and you network at the same time. Right, right. Yeah. So, you know, you may also, if you're learning something and you're like, yeah, I learned this, and then you post it, the internet is fantastic for furthering your education because if you post something and it's not <laughs> perfect, uh, they will let you know. Um, you will be corrected. Uh, don't take that personally. View it as an opportunity to, you know, expand your own knowledge. Uh, if people are jerks about it, you know, try not to, to, you know, flame the internet with your, uh, with your reply, but yeah, just know that that feedback is valuable, even if it's sometimes slightly negative, uh, because you're learning right there. Oh, I wouldn't do it that way. I would do it this way. And they show you a one liner, you know, that's valuable information, you know, tuck that away, take something out mm-hmm. of that. Uh, yeah. So there's, it's, it's a good, it's, it's like a three pronged system, right? There's the learning, like you have to do the tutorials, you have to build the projects. Uh, there's the applying, you can't get hired if you don't apply. And then the third one is, is networking. And without one of those legs, the stool falls over. So, um, it's your, your trident three prong approach to applying for jobs in the tech industry. (laughs) You need all three of them. Uh, if you're not if you're not doing one of those, then your chances are greatly diminished of getting a, a role, especially nowadays when times are tough. Yeah, Eddie, you're not the the most social person, admittedly, right? And you've managed. Oh to, yeah, I think people can network. tell by listening to this. So, I mean, I'm not <laughs> like believe it or not a very social person either. Uh, the thought of networking before I even started the boot camp was terrifying to me. Yeah. In fact, I even went to. Um, tech and beer i remember when they used to have this (laughs) yeah so in in orlando we had this networking event i think they've expanded it to other cities now but yeah it's it's an i've seen in other at least uh florida cities yeah i used to call it otab for orlando tech and beer now it's just tech and beer because like they can have one in atlanta or texas or whatever but it was just a big networking event where it was it was believe it or not free beer uh and tacos right imagine that was it free beer free beer I didn't know that. The one I went to, I remember paying for my beer. It was cheap, but I remember paying for my beer. Uh, maybe it depended on what you ordered, but they had beer that was free, at least for the one that oh, I went okay. to. I did get there late, too, so maybe around maybe they, I don't know. I think they buy a certain amount. They okay, can, that makes sense. And once they're out, they're out. But uh, So I'm not saying go to something like that and drink your face off, but um, <laughs> when I went, I was very nervous, and it was that whole, like, oh, my God, I need to shake every person's hand in this room yeah, and introduce myself. I did some of that. Um, I, I do have a tendency to be a wallflower. So I tried to shake, I made, I printed up business cards. They're ridiculous. I can show them to you. Uh, <laughs> I've never had, done that. I've yeah, had business cards in the past, but not for this stuff. I don't know if that's like, unless you're selling something or yeah, you like legit are a freelancer. Like yeah. I wanted to be at the time, but it's funny. Like when I started, I didn't have the confidence to be a, you know, take on freelance clients. Now that I do, I don't have the time yeah, or the energy really. So, but anyway, that's a little derail. Uh, I was very nervous going to that. I did talk to some people. Mm-hmm. I met a developer that was like one of the board members for Odevs that was there. And he was talking to some other guy with a huge beard with like a funny t-shirt, something dev related. And I just kind of cold approached him was like, Hey, my name's Lee. I'm a new developer. I'm looking for a job or whatever. And like he was eating a taco and like spilling sauce on his shirt at the same time. <laughs> and he's like, are you in O-Devs? And he was like, oh man, my shirt. 
I was like, what is Odevs? And he's like, oh, it's our Slack channel. You should join it. What's your email? And I gave him my email address and he invited me. So that's how I ended up getting on the Slack channel and then talking oh, okay. to people that's and cool. got hired eventually. But if I hadn't gone out to OTAB, uh, that would have never happened. I'd probably still be applying through Indeed or just being a nurse still. Your so. your bootcamp teacher didn't tell you about Odevs? No. Oh, mine did. So uh, my, my teacher was a... Uh, a work from home guy. He was like a C sharp dev for like uh, 10 okay. years and he didn't do any of the networking stuff. He just worked at his company, had his own hobbies and like did the boot camp, and that's it. Okay. So yeah, he wasn't really plugged into all that, but that's good that you're that, uh, Howard had told yeah. you about that. Um, also I would suggest if you are a quiet person to take someone with you, that is not, even if they're not in the dev, um, like, related field uh maybe take someone that's can break the ice for you <laughs> um that's cool with like networking and stuff like that because that's what i did when the one time i went um i have a friend that's um really into like social media marketing and stuff like that so there's kind of a little blend and you know interest there so he would talk to people and i just stand there and then they'll ask me what i do and then that's when i would talk uh but yeah it helped i, I met people that way so it's a, it's a way to go about it if you need a wingman or a wingwoman uh do what you gotta do but it's, it's preferable for you to do your own talking but uh, yeah but i mean if you it, it's a way to start to do it and then you eventually like i don't need it anymore i mean it's not so. it doesn't hurt right yeah whoever, whoever you got to take with you to, to work up the nerve to go to those kind of things uh, whenever they happen again. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's uh, there's hackathons. There's what, yep. what am I missing here? Meetups, hackathons, just regular community events. Like go, um, you know, hang out at things that developers would hang out at, you know? Yeah. Uh, you don't always have to network at like a specifically tech related event either. Um, especially if you're looking to do freelance, um, if you think about it, you, you know, probably Roy don't want to hang out. At it. Well, Roy talked about this a little bit. If you're yeah. looking for clients, like if you go to a tech related event, everybody there knows how to do that stuff already. But if you go to a business event, they're typically looking for like, Oh yeah, you could help, you know, um, basically be the, the person that builds my startup idea. Right. So yeah. Or, like, or, Oh, I need a website and I'm this kind of business or whatever. I need SEO work or whatever, you know, uh, those, those are the kind of functions that you want to go to anyway. So yeah. like my second job, the connection that I got to have him drop that resume on the CTO's desk was I played in a country band with him for like a couple months and I just kept in touch with him. You know, I saw mm -hmm. him, I, I, we were Facebook friends and he posted on Facebook, Hey, this company's hiring. And I was like, that's the company I applied to. And I never heard back. And so I just <laughs> messaged him and he's like, Oh, really? I'll, uh, I'll walk your resume over myself. And I was like, okay, cool. He was like a C level exec. So, um, that's cool. Yeah. Nothing to do with tech at all. I wasn't even, wasn't even an idea in my mind at the time years ago when I played in that band with him, I was like a nurse. So <laughs> there you go. Uh, as far as which strategy to do, I know we've kind of talked up networking versus the, what I like to refer to as the shotgun approach of just spray your resume to everybody. Um, I think you need to do a little of both, to be honest, especially yeah. in times like these, uh, try and do the networking where you can, 
but also keep applying. Like if you don't apply again, you're not going to get hired. So, uh, in the meantime, like while you're waiting for that opportunity, that foot in the door kind of situation, Oh, I know somebody that knows somebody just apply to places, you know, look up on job boards, get on indeed, whatever, uh, get your resume in a, and you know, make sure you have two versions. Like we talked about in the other show. Yeah. Uh, one that's good for sending off to faceless companies and then one that's good to hand to somebody that they can look at or email to somebody and basically keep, keep hitting that dusty trail. <laughs> I don't know what the, the <laughs> phrase I'm looking for is, but don't stop applying. If you stop applying, you're not going to get hired. Just yeah, remember yeah. that. If you don't take anything else out of this episode, uh, yeah. it's, you, you got to play to win. So, uh, times are tough. Rejection sucks. Uh, Eddie and I know all about that. <laughs> yeah, a little too well. <laughs> it, it stings. It stings a little bit. But uh, yeah, you got to do it. So, oh, you got any? Did I miss anything? I think we. No, I think you got it all. I think, I think we got it all. Yeah. Yeah. Anything you can add to that? Mm, no, just sign up to all your local dev Slack channels that you can. Um, see what virtual meetups are happening by you or not even by you it's virtual so it could be anywhere um yeah um twitter write blogs make videos uh blogging start a yeah. podcast if you want um yeah just uh put your name out there and people will start to notice yeah whatever you're into you know yeah do it uh don't don't be scared don't think like it's already been done uh people are always looking for beginner content for whatever. It's like an evergreen thing, you know, yeah. if you say you make an arrow function in JavaScript, it could be that simple, <clears throat> but if you can put a voice to it, uh, give it your own, uh, personality and your own style, mm-hmm. people may respond to that, you know, well, and prefer your content to another tutorial maker. So, yep. um, never hurts to, to do that kind of thing. Uh, I, I still get people emailing me about like, a blog post I wrote six months ago about React. I don't even, I've never even worked in React. You know, I just, <laughs> I've, I've referred, uh, I, I've sent that article to, to someone else. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, I, yeah. It's if a you good find article. something that's helpful, write it down, yeah. right? It's, what can you do? <laughs> anyway, uh, Nerd Minute. Uh, I yeah. think if you're not familiar with this, if this is your first episode of Tech Junior, we talk about nerd stuff at the end of every show. So, uh, Eddie, what do you every, got for Nerd Minute? Let's let's I, see I if we can actually do a minute. Every episode is someone could be someone's first episode. That's how be. Stan Lee would write comics. Every comic is probably someone's first comic. Today I learned. Yeah. Um. Anyways, I'm still playing Mario Odyssey. That game's great. Um. A couple nights ago, I watched um Superman Red Sun is one of my favorite um superman stories that's if superman had landed as a baby in russia yep uh and it's really good um they make some changes from the um the original like comic but uh it's it's pretty good there's a little twisting that doesn't happen at the end it was like one of my favorite things about the comic uh but i don't want to spoil it if anyone wants to read the comic um but it, it's a cool little twist. It has, doesn't really affect the story a whole lot, but it's a nice little thing that happens. Um, yeah, uh, that was pretty good. I highly recommend it. Uh, since we're trying to keep this short, I'll <laughs> stop right there. <laughs> it's the most Eddie talks is during Nerd Minute, it seems like. <laughs> <clears throat> uh, 
uh, for me, uh, I watched uh, an anime. Uh, what was it? Decadence is what it was called. It's okay. super weird. It's um, I think it's on. You can see it on Funimation. Uh, the gist of it is there is a giant mobile fortress that humanity has taken refuge in. Like the it's post-apocalyptic. There's monsters okay. that have wiped out most of the earth and humanity lives in basically the gas tank of this thing. And the monster's blood is what fuels the fortress. And oh, so okay. there's like a, another race of, I don't know if they're aliens or what, but they've built the fortress and they also go out and fight the monsters. And the human's okay. job is to like maintain the fortress, clean it, you know, repair the iron plates on the side of it and stuff like that. Um, and the story is about a girl that is wanting to be one of the people that fights the monsters. And, uh, so the first episode is like that. And then the second episode, they kind of blow it wide open and they're like, Oh, it's actually a, like a video game or something or like a simulation or a, like a Westworld kind of situation where other like aliens can jump in and they're basically playing as the people that are fighting the monsters that aren't human. Oh, okay. So that's, that's like busted wide open in episode two. Um, so it's a very strange concept, very out there. It's pretty well yeah. done though. It's done by the, I think the animation studio that did, uh, I want to say Gurren Lagan. No, no, no. Mob Psycho, I think is the director. Oh, that I really like that. But it, it's kind of like a, a good team of people from other various animes and they've like, the action's really good. Uh, the mm-hmm. animation's top notch. There's no friggin' CG, which I can really get behind. Oh, uh, oh. oh. <laughs> I was God. watching a Sword Guy the other night, which is like a Netflix original or whatever. The CG is awful. It's, I was like falling asleep watching it. It was so boring. So but, there's a part in um, Superman Red Sun when he's fighting um, Brainiac and he's like punching holes through the, his ship, and the tentacles are also CG. And it looks horrible. It's it's like moving at a different frame rate than everything else that's happening. Like it, it's so bad. I don't know why they continue to do that. To save money, basically. I, I guess, but it looks like crap. Yeah, uh, not not a fan. But anyway, that's that's all I got for this one. Uh, as far as recommendations, I think we we blew past the minute mark. But oh, uh, that's fine. There we there we go again. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, uh, we've got one more in this uh, in this arc of episodes the series uh and it is a it's gonna be a surprise so check it out check it out next week it's gonna be a good one all right bye thanks for listening to tech junior head on over to our site at techjunior.dev for show notes and past episodes while you're there sign up for our newsletter uh, get an email from us blah 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 all the stuff uh if you'd like to support us we've got a tab on the website at techjunior.dev called support you can sign up for our Patreon, buy a t-shirt, all the good stuff. Uh, but you don't have to spend money to help us out. You could just share the show with your friends or jump on Twitter and say something nice. Uh, we appreciate that. Uh, if you do want to do that, you can find us on Twitter at Tech Junior Podcast. You can follow me personally at Lee Work Jr. and Eddie at ED0TER0. Next week, we're going to be finishing up this first series that we've done. Hopefully, you guys have enjoyed it out there. And ladies, uh... And the final episode is going to be a surprise, like I said. Um, I have not recorded it yet, but I'm pretty hyped about it. 
uh, it is the X factor for all this stuff. So uh, tune in next week. It should be good. All right. That's uh, all the talking I'm going to do. So take care. Bye.